Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. If you're following along at home, this is season five, episode number 25. If you're following from the beginning, this is episode number 219 overall. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. Craig, we are back, and we are here in... We made it to week 18. We did, shockingly. We're, we're all shocked. We're alive. <laughs> we're alive. Week 18 is happening, and we're, we're coming to you guys a couple days late, um, but... We're still here, and we didn't miss any games. That's you know the reason we release on Thursday mornings is so we don't miss any games. Well, there's no there's no Thursday night games in week 18, so was we there? can release on Saturday morning. There wasn't there was no Thursday night game this week. The first games are tomorrow. Oh, all right then. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we open with let's see, uh, Chiefs at Denver at 4:30, and Dallas at Philadelphia at 8:15 for reasons I don't really understand. But first. Let's start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? So tonight, I have a beer that you gave me from Fox Farm. This oh. is Bluster, which I think I've had on the podcast oh, yeah. before, possibly. Very good IPA. It's, um, I already opened it, so uh, it's 8%. If anyone was yes, it's, a, it's one of the ones I was drinking last night while I was doing my, my video game stream. Um, Bluster is a fantastic beer. It is strong. It is deceptively strong. Mm-hmm. While Craig t- tastes it to make sure that he, it is the beer he remembers, <laughs> I am opening a can of Heather by New Park Brewing. Mm. Uh, it's a standard IPA, and it's about 6%. There we go. Nice. Very right. nice. So, so, what, so <clears throat> obviously, refresh us about the Bluster. It is, you were correct, it's, it's deceptively strong. It's one of those beers that is not very, it's not heavy. There's no alcoholic kind of aftertaste to it. It's yep. not heavy on the hops. You can just drink it and you're not, you don't really realize it's 8%. It does not taste like a double IPA. It is no. so smooth. You would think it's like a regular New England style IPA because it's a little juicy. It's dank, but it's really delicious. The Heather from Dew Park is really good too. During the summer, um, there's a town actually right between me and Craig, Trumbull, Connecticut, that hosts a weekly farmer's market. And New Park comes down and sets up a table and just sells their beers. And you can pre-order them and they will you can pick up your pre-order there and things like that. During the winter, they only come once a month. So I think it was mm. the Thursday before Christmas, the 23rd, was their day going to be in Trumbull. And it was freaking freezing out. And I still drove to Trumbull outside. And went and got New Park beer, and that's how I have this last can of Heather. So I'll have to take a look at the schedule and see when they're coming in January. It's probably going to be in like two weeks, but we should coordinate and get some some more New Park because they make some really good stuff too. Fox Farm and New Park are just two of the spectacular breweries we have here in Connecticut. So, all right. There's a million things going on, Craig. A million, and it's the last week of the regular season. (laughs) Let's let's start with the biggest story of the week which has led to multiple conversations on our team. The source has chimed in on this. He came out of his bunker and <laughs> squinted at the sun in yep. order to, to kind of chime in on this. Antonio Brown, no longer a buck. If True. you don't know what happened, then I'm presuming you've never listened to, you've never watched football and you don't follow sports at all because it has been everywhere. Antonio Brown, here's what we know for a fact. We're going to deal in facts and we're going to deal in speculation, but we're going to deal in facts primarily with this. What we know and what we think. Mm -hmm. What we know is that Antonio Brown came out of the game against the Jets on Sunday, had a conversation with a coach, and then left the field stripping off his clothes and dancing, for lack of a better term, in the end zone on his way out the tunnel. Right. We know that there have been a war of words between Antonio Brown and the coaching staff since, and he has now officially been released. Right. That is what we know. Everything else is speculation and enters in... I, I, the, the, the source disagrees with me on this. I think it enters the realm of conspiracy theory. Antonio Brown has tweeted out conversations he's had with Tom Brady's trainer in which he asked for a refund because he said he was not going to be working with him anymore. Even though that happened prior to this incident, it sounds like Antonio Brown was already knew he was going to be done. He has an injury that's being assessed by a third-party doctor that he says the team knew about and tried to make him play through. 
The team is like, that's bullshit. He never gave us any medical documentation. There's all this back and forth. Yep. So this before, so before I get to my question, this led me to go back because I said to myself, I'm having deja vu. This has all happened before. And it will all happen again. In the three months that he was a Raider, this mm -hmm. all happened. So I went mm -hmm. back, and I would like to reference everyone to episode number 109. <laughs> Excellent. In, on September 5th of 2019. <laughs> if you remember, the Raiders, before they caught him, sent him a letter detailing the number of fines he had accumulated for bad conduct. <laughs> Do you remember the this? Raiders the Mike of Mayock letter? What's that? Yes, the Raiders' Mike Mayock sent a letter saying, dude, we have to find you for all these things. Here's the list. When I brought that up as a burning hot take, Craig said, this is why we need a test for CTE while players are alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> Craig sends me an article from TotalProSports.com entitled, Antonio Brown went on a long rant about whether he thinks he suffers from CTE. Mm -hmm. Which contains the following quote, quote, when you freaking die, they test for CTE. So how are you going to say a player that's living in real time, who's putting up real stats, who's standing for real purposes, who's doing real things, got CTE? End quote. Yeah. Craig, yeah. Mm -hmm. what is wrong with Antonio Brown? Um, he, I really wish there was a test for CTE. He's right. That you can't, as of right now, you can't test for CT until someone, you know, dies, which right. is very unfortunate. But the thing is, I don't think he, and maybe he can't realize this, maybe he just doesn't realize this, is his actions kind of lead people to think, at least for me, that maybe he does have CTE by the action he has taken since... I don't know, in the last five, six years. And it, mm -hmm. I think it's gotten progressively worse. I, I think, yeah. And and he's saying about, well, you know, he's alive and putting up stats, but people with CTE, they're alive. Stats. They do weird things. Let's go all the way back to, like, Junior Seau. He drove off a freaking cliff. Junior Seau, Hall of Famer. If you're talking about people who put up stats with CTE, Junior Seau is a Hall of Famer. He drove off a cliff. He didn't die, but he drove off a cliff. He was yep. alive. He yep. couldn't explain why he did it. He was just like, I don't know. It happened. Yep. <laughs> like, I can explain why he did it. He was depressed and he tried to commit suicide, which he ultimately later did. He did. And you know what he did? He shot himself in the chest so they can examine his brain. Yep. So Because I think on some level he knew. Yeah. I think on so, some level he knew. I just think Antonio Brown is in any mentally in a bad place whether he realizes it or not and like you said before on twitter you know you you're not supposed to evaluate someone from a distance Correct. but given the history given that what we've seen with other players who were eventually found out to have T uh, cte it mm -hmm. it just leads you towards that conclusion and i just hope I honestly hope another team does not sign him because I don't think his body can handle it. Right. So I don't. I I don't think his his I don't think his, his, brain, his brain can handle it. His body can probably can handle. handle it. So what you're referencing is what we call the Goldwater Rule. So I work in I work in mental health. I work I've worked in human services and mental health my entire career, uh, which is twenty plus years at this point. You're talking about the Goldwater Rule. The Goldwater Rule, and I just had to pull it up so I could make sure I got the detailing, the, the wording right. But the Goldwater Rule, according to the American Psychiatric Association, is that it, quote, it is unethical for a psychiatrist to offer a professional opinion unless he or she has conducted an examination and has been granted proper authorization for such a statement, end quote. When people started to question whether or not Donald Trump going into the realm of politics was saying this is what every psychiatrist they would put on like any news program would point. I was like, I, I can't, this is like the, this is like the unwritten rule. We don't do this. Mm -hmm. So we don't know Antonio Brown. We've never examined Antonio Brown. We have no access to his medical history. So for us to say he has a mental illness or that he has CTE is completely outside of the realm of science in terms of the basis because of the Goldwater rule. But based on his, his behavior, 
something's up here. This mm-hmm. is not one time he played his way out of Pittsburgh. He played his way out of the Raiders. The Patriots didn't keep him. And the Bucks have done. And this is and these are not isolated instances behavior. This is a pattern of negative behavior. Having worked in the mental health field, I can tell you I've seen this. If I didn't have the Goldwater rule in play for me, I'm not a psychiatrist, but we professionals abide by this rule regardless of whether the psychiatrist or not. If I were not a psychiatrist, yes, I would I would tell if I were not in the field, knowing with my what I know with my experience, I absolutely would tell you what I think he has. But he needs to get he needs to get evaluated. He needs to athletes and people in power, and we've talked about this in this podcast before, are surrounded by yes men all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. We know Kanye West is is mentally ill. We know he has, I think it's bipolar with manic symptoms. This has been documented. He's been evaluated. They've talked about his medications. When he ran for president, he was off his medication. Things of that nature have happened. The problem with him is that he's got people around him who encourage the behavior, who justify the behavior. They enable it. I think Antonio Brown is in the same situation. I think in, I think someone close to Antonio Brown needs to sit him down and say, listen, you really want to prove to the world there's nothing wrong with you mentally? Let's go see a shrink. Yeah. Let's get a doctor on paper to say this guy is completely sane and do it. Because I don't think he's going to pass that examination and when he doesn't, it's going to give those people that care about him the fuel to say, okay, we were wrong. We have to admit we were wrong. Let's get you some help. Yeah, it's no, real, I, guys. I think you're I think you're spot on with that. I think he needs to if he still wants to play and I don't I personally don't think he should. But if he does, no. I think at the very least he should take next season off and like try to readjust everything. And then kind of go from help. there. But I don't think, personally, I don't think he should play next year or ever again. He needs, he needs to get help. And we can sit here and guess if he has CTE all we want. There, as you mentioned, there is no way to know for sure. But that's all the more reason for you to go and get analyzed. Because if you are suffering from a mental effect that may or may not be the result of CTE, there are treatments to help you. There is counseling. There are light medications. You don't, it's, this is not the 1950s where you took a dose of lithium and you stared at a blank wall for six hours. And it's then a they shock you. <laughs> or shock treatments. Shock, shock therapy is, is, has been, the last couple of years has been back in, um, I don't want to say in vogue, but it's been back in oh, use. Oh, really? Oh. oh my God, yeah. The last oh. like 10, 15 years, it's been back in use, but it's completely different. It's completely different because the science has evolved. I don't want to get too far off track because we're a football podcast, but the short version is in the 50s and 60s, they just shocked your whole fucking brain. Right. They hooked, they hooked up electrodes and they shocked the whole fucking thing. Now it's targeted, specific neural networks they're trying to reset. Hmm. All right. So back in the day when you would have like a full grand mall seizure while you sat in a chair strapped down, it's not like that anymore. You have these mini seizures. Some folks who have had it don't, don't even report side effects. But yeah, so yeah, I, it's not recommended for everybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I know I know one doctor locally who I will not say who is a strong proponent of its use, but it takes, he does, you don't walk in and go, hey, listen, I'm crazy and I want this. And he, you put it in a chair, testing, evaluation. He is very cautious about it, but it is something that some, some doctors still recommend, but in a different measure. We've advanced. That's just an example of my point. We've advanced. There are medicines out there, and there are therapies out there that can help Antonio Brown. He just has to be brave enough to go get them. Right, because no one, honestly, no one wants to see another uh, Chris Henry incident. Yeah. I remember that, or he, he got into an argument with his girlfriend. She drove away in the back of a pickup. He jumped on top of it. She swerved and he fell off and died. Died. And nobody wants that. And you know what? Yeah. He had CTE. Yep. So I hope he gets some help. I really do, because I do think he's he's in a conspiracy theory place that the, the, the source can disagree with me all he wants. He put out Because he there, thinks it's about money, which I guess it it, it is. is. It is about money. It is. But he's putting out these bizarre conspiracy theories. So we haven't talked about this specifically yet. He tweeted the insinuation that Tom Brady and his trainer 
may have lured him to Tampa to try and make money off of him for the TB12 brand. Mm-hmm. And he asked for some of his money back from the trainer before Christmas. Before all this happened, he pretty much decided he was done with the trainer and I want my half my money back. And the trainer said, okay, I'll give you money. But then he tweets this conversation and is like, makes you wonder why they brought me here in the first place. Right. Like insinuating Tom Brady and his trainer, listen, the TB12 brand does not need your $100,000. True. It doesn't. Brady is making mints. Tom Brady could spend $100,000 on crypto before breakfast and not even need to tell his wife he did it. <laughs> because she wouldn't even notice it's gone from the goddamn bank account. So, all right, so, so what you're suggesting here is that Tom Brady and his trainer organized a conspiracy to bring you to Tampa for the sole purpose of playing with you for a year and a half in order to extort $100,000 from you. Yep. And then then there's the older, the whole other side of it about incentives and he wasn't getting the ball enough to make those incentives. Here's he the thing have, that would have um, played on Sunday. He yep. would have made those incentives. And here's the other thing too that is it is part of this is from Shannon Sharp and his take on it. But don't you think it's weird Antonio Brown was a player. He was going to make 30 million dollars playing for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Right, third. How do you go from make from a player who has a contract for thirty million dollars to being like, eh, I don't want to do it. I'm just gonna play he, for incentives. Forget it. He, he that's wanted, like he, that's the equivalent. If someone if if someone offered you a job and said, hey, here's a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're like, nah, I'm just gonna go work, you know, hourly. See you later. Like that, that doesn't Antonio, make sense. <laughs> Antonio Brown needed eight more catches this year to get another $333,000. Okay. He needed eight more. Mm-hmm. He had three catches against the Jets. I'm assuming those three catches don't count. He did eight more than that. So he had a game and a half to play and he did eight catches. So that's, that's, that's three halves. So you're talking about three catches, right? Per, right. per half. Three catches in the second half, then maybe six next week, and he gets his incentive. Right. So he needs average six catches a game over his last two. It's to totally get possible. Well, I'm going to tell you what his numbers were. He had ten catches against the Panthers the week before, nine the week before that, seven the week before that, seven the week before that. All right. If he just, if he just finishes out against – and again, maybe his foot was hurt. Maybe that's true. But – Really? This is where we're going to go with this? Now, he only had one catch against the Falcons, and he only had five catches against the Cowboys. Okay, whatever. But Against the Falcons? Wow, they're bad. Yeah, one catch for 17. Huh, that's not good. They probably ran the ball because they didn't need to throw. That's true. And I think that's a game where he supposedly injured himself, which is the other part of this. You injured yourself, and they supposedly knew about it since, like, forever, and yet you still caught at least seven passes a game for four straight weeks. Right. <laughs> it's it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It is. It it's uh, more it's, than a little weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. Antonio Brown needs to get help. He needs to get help. And if I'm wrong, there's only one way to prove me wrong. Not that he listens to our podcast or gives two shits about what I say, <laughs> even if he did. True. There's one way to prove me wrong. And that's to go get evaluated and be told I'm fine. Exactly. And I don't by I don't think by a non NFL doctor. Actually, I would prefer an NFL doctor at this point because I think this is beyond the point of I would rather the NFL appoint a doctor than him because I think he's going to go find a crackpot. That's true. That's true. He could go find Dr. Nick somewhere in a mall. Yeah. Remember, remember that, 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 that doctor that um, the previous American administration had put, that put out that was like talking about the vaccine and she was like, yeah, but we also have alien DNA. What? Oh my God! I forgot about. Remember, that. do you remember her? There was a, a female doctor that the yep. Trump administration had marched out to talk about vaccination, but at the same time, somebody was immediately like, "Didn't you just post an article about how we have alien DNA?" Not every doctor is a good doctor, <laughs> and Craig's point isn't wrong. I'm just saying I trust an NFL doctor right now more than I trust a doctor that he picks. That's fair. If you're signing between the two, yes. 
Yes. Because there are doctors out there incentivized monetarily to be Dr. Nick, like Craig pointed <laughs> out, and go, hi, everybody. What you're <laughs> suffering from is a lack of money. <laughs> the B is for bargain. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right, we spent 20 minutes on this. we got to move on. Craig, what have you got for me today? Uh, so for me today, because I, I kind of put this in our thread, but then the Antonio Brown thing took over. Yeah. So there's dominated our conversation. It really yeah, has. It did. So there's a couple teams for next year who are probably going to need a quarterback. And there's probably going to be quarterbacks that are going to move around. And oh, yeah. I'm wondering what, who do you think is going to move? So you have teams like Seattle, the Giants. I No one knows what Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay is doing. You know, mm -hmm. what is Deshaun Watson doing? Like, is there anyone, any one or two quarterbacks you think that are going to find a new home? I think several teams will be moving quarterbacks. So right now I just pulled up the schedule for this weekend so I can just look. I'm going to go team by team. Okay. Kansas City, no. Denver? <sighs> maybe. Maybe. Denver might be. I'm going to say yes for Denver. Dallas, no. Philly, no. Cincy, no. Cleveland, I disagree. I know a lot of people think that Baker's done there. I'm not sure he's not. He is, but we'll put him on the list for now. Green Bay, no. Detroit, no. I think golf has another year. Chicago, no. Minnesota, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to stay married to Cousins for one more year. Washington, mm. no. They just drafted the guy. The Giants, no. J Jones has one more year. The Colts, only if once retire. So I'm going to say no. Jacksonville, no. Pittsburgh, yes. Ben's going to retire. Uh, Baltimore, no. Tennessee, no. Houston, yes. New Orleans, yes. Atlanta, yes. I think Matt, Matt Ice is done in Atlanta. Jets, no. Buffalo, no. San Francisco, no. Rams, no. Patriots, no. Miami is intriguing. Seattle, yes. Arizona, no. Carolina, no. Tampa, no. LA, no. Vegas, probably. So there's three teams I see as having veteran quarterbacks that might be looking to go somewhere different. And it's Vegas, Miami with Tua, and Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Hmm. I think those three guys have the potential to be on the move. I don't know that Derek Carr, I don't know that any of them find a starting job elsewhere except maybe Matt Ryan. What do you, how, like do you feel about, how do you feel about uh, Russell Wilson? You think he's done in Seattle? Oh, he's done. He's done in Seattle. He's done in Seattle. The question is where he wants to go, what he wants to do. Russell Wilson, I, I'm going to say something that people are going to hate me for saying. I know. Russell he Wilson, got married. He got married, had a kid, and got worse. We all know. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going to say something that is like the kiss of death, and, and people who listen to us are going to be angry. Russell Wilson is a system quarterback. <gasps> He's a game manager. After he and, got married. Hmm? Yeah. He's old. <laughs> This is the thing with running quarterbacks. As we age, we slow down. Breaking news, aging makes men slow down. <laughs> Russell Wilson was a good scramble quarterback. He's basically Patrick Mahomes in five years is going to be Russell Wilson. If he goes, if he, if he wow. survives injury, he's yeah, going to be Russell Wilson. Yeah, because he does Wilson. run around a lot still. Not as much, yeah. but he still runs around a lot. Correct. So I, I, I just don't know where any of these places are going to want to go. And I don't think the quarterback class is great. No, it's not a big and, quarterback here this year. So, I mean... So, where do you... Well, okay, well, how about this? Where do you think... Do you think Bridgewater or Jimmy G or Darnold keep their jobs, or do they move on? I think Darnold has another year. I think Garoppolo has another year, because they've got somebody already in place to back him up. I'm looking at ESPN's draft player rankings for 2022... And the highest graded quarterback <laughs> is Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. And he's only rated 90. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, there's got to be 15 to 20 guys ahead of him. This is, this looks like a, this looks like a non-skill position draft. I see a lot of offensive tackle. I see a, a lot of linebackers. I see a lot of safety. Yeah, it's, and a, it's a defensive ends. kind of draft. So I, I think, I think there's going to be, I think, I think there's going to be, so that helps guys like Russell Wilson, right? If a team feels like they need a quarterback of the future, but they don't have him now, they're not going to find him this year. <laughs> Colts, <laughs> you bring a guy in for a year or two. 
Because that's yeah. the formula, right? Let's not forget. That's exactly what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs brought in Alex Smith. He got hurt that first year, but then that second year when he came back, they drafted Patrick Mahomes and were like, just watch this guy for a year. Get better watching this guy for a year. And then they traded him to Washington to make room for Patrick Mahomes. But I think that's the thing. Russell Wilson going somewhere for a year so that he can what get if, better. What if Russell Wilson goes to Denver? I'm scared of shit. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared of shit. I can see the I see I see that only because I don't think at this point in his career he wants to go somewhere that is like in the midst of rebuilding and I don't think Denver really is there but they do need a quarterback situation they're, they're they need their quarterback situation fixed. Yeah. And and they don't have a lot of depth. I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. They don't have a lot of depth. They've got great depth at running back. They got Gordon and Javante Williams. That's fantastic. Jerry Judy is could be a superstar with the right situation, but Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, average at best. Noah Fant, not as good as we were led to believe. No, but is that is that Bridgewater's fault or Drew Locke's fault or is that? I think that's just Noah Fant. I think that yeah, I don't think that's going to change with Russell Wilson there. And Russell Wilson's never been exactly a fan of throwing to the tight end in the first place. Remember when Jimmy uh, Jimmy was there? That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know? So. <clears throat> But you would be worried if you saw Russell Wilson sign with Denver next year. I, I would I would shit my pants and pray for the Chiefs, yes. <laughs> All right, so my question, really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a commercial on TV from mm. DraftKings. I'm okay. sure you've seen it. It features I think it's Martin Lawrence sitting in a chair and he has a sign behind oh, yeah. him that says that's, Logic. that's my brain every week. Well, for those who haven't seen it, it's Martin Logic. Uh, Martin Logic. Martin. Um, Lawrence. Lawrence. Thank you. Jesus, you just flew out of my gut. I just had a who's that guy of the celebrity. <laughs> Martin Lawrence is sitting in a chair, and he's got, I think it's confidence to his right, and he's got, uh, I don't remember what it is, concern to his left. Concern. Yeah, and, something like that. Or, or, yeah, safety or something like that. So confidence is Kristen Schaal, who if you hear her talk, you know exactly who she is. She is a, a, a wonderful voiceover actress. She has been in um, What We Do in the Shadows. She is the voice of the, the middle child on Bob's Burgers. Fantastic comedian. But she's like got like weightlifting there because she's confidence. She's the, the confidence. Oh, one. yeah. She's doing all the parlay bets. <laughs> yeah. So Logic asks the question, what do we want to bet on this week? And her response is, I want more. I want to parlay with more legs than a spider. <laughs> and that's the joke that they, they put around. But then they go over to in, uh, indecision. The other guy's indecision. Mm -hmm. And indecision goes, we maybe take one home favorite. <laughs> and she goes, and I quote, six leg parlay, all home dogs. And give me the over on all of them. <laughs> and Martin Lawrence goes, I'm doing it. So I thought to myself, a six-leg parlay mm. with three home dogs mm. and all hitting the over. Mm. Well, guess what, Craig? It happens in week 18. Does it? It exists. Oh, really? This bet exists in week 18. <laughs> Hold on. I got to look back into FanDuel here. All right. It's, it's reading my face, doing this live. Ah, oh, crap. No, that's not what I want. I want the – yeah, there's the code. Yep, see, this is me. Okay. So the six home there are more than there are more than three home dogs, but the three home dogs I took were the first three on the schedule, which were. Hold on, ah, oh, it's gone now. Where the hell did it go? Uh oh, I screwed this up. How did I screw oh, this up? Do it again. If you take the Broncos plus ten and a half, <laughs> okay. You take the Eagles plus four, okay. Broncos versus Chiefs, Eagles versus Cowboys, and you take the Lions plus three and a half. Wow, wait, the Lions and are plus three and a half. Because Green Bay may rest starters. They're locked into the one seed. Hey. Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. I don't think he is. So Denver with the points, Eagles with the points, Lions with the points, and you take the over in every game. <laughs> okay. Give me a guess. How much does that pay? <sighs> it's a six-leg parlay, three home dogs, and all of them have to hit the over. <clears throat> Give me the number. Plus uh, one. Plus 3,700. 45-40. Wow, you should bet that. <laughs> I, 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 well, I've been joking around with my wife. I'm like, every time it comes on, she laughs because she knows I get a kick out of that commercial. And that's, that's literally night, my brain every week. Last night, I said, 
I said to her, I said, I wonder what would happen if you actually did what she said. You took a six-legged parlay, all overs, and three home dogs. And so today I found out it's plus 45-40. So I told my wife this, and her response was, you're, you're not actually going to bet money on that, are you? You're damn right. <laughs> no, I am not betting the six-leg parlay where the Broncos, Eagles, and Lions all cover and go to the over. Not doing it. But I just mm. I wanted to point that out as my second question because I just thought that was funny. So I mean, there's other games I would take on that, probably. There's other home dogs. Let's see who else is a home dog. I'm going to turn all this off before I accidentally bet on something I don't want to bet on. Dolphins versus Patriots? Uh, hold on. My, my phone is being weird. All right, there we go. All right, so we said uh, Eagles. The Vikings are favored. The Jaguars are plus 15 and a half against the Colts at home. All right. The Texans are plus 10 at home against the Titans. The Giants are plus 7 against Washington. The Dolphins are plus 6 against the Pats. The Falcons are plus 3.5 against the Saints. The Raiders have to be plus. The Raiders are plus 3. Ooh, I would take that. Yeah, see that, and that's going to segue into our next segment, which is our bets of the week. <laughs> My intriguing bet of the week is Chargers at Raiders. I'm going to take Raiders plus three in the over. I'm going to parlay it, and I'm going to sleep like a baby. Because I think that's going to happen. While Craig is looking up his pick, hold on, let me go back to my messages because the, the, the source sent me his. The source lost again this week. He's got to be Oh, yeah, and by off. the way, the Bengals won their uh, the division. So Yeah, I know. It cost me 10 bet. bucks by not by cashing out on that on New Year's <laughs> Eve. But I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. He's taking the Vikings minus two and a half against the Bears. I think that line has shifted to like three by now because he wrote that to me Wednesday afternoon. But still, minus two and a half, that's not bad. He's taking the Vikings over the Bears with points. I am taking the, I'm taking, what did I just say? The Falcons? You did. Oh, Jesus, what? I just did. Okay, yeah. I'm taking the Falcons and the over. I think that game is going to be high scoring. What do you got this week in, in betting? Wait, did you say the Falcons? The Raiders. Damn it, now I don't remember. I'm sorry, no Raiders. I said Raiders. I said the Raiders plus three and the over in the, against the Chargers. And the over in that game is like 45 and a half. By the way, no over-unders uh, of 50 or more this week. So that's why we can talk about this without worrying about America's favorite game. So, sorry, we haven't had America's favorite game in like three weeks, but the over-unders yeah, have been very rapidly trending down. I know. You know, for you know, because it's a division game, because they're home, the Broncos are 10-and-a-half against the Chiefs. Do the Chiefs have to win this game? Yes. They do. The Chiefs have to win this game to set up a potential for if, – if the Chiefs win and the Titans lose – I know, the AFC is still a mess. The, the Chiefs get the one seed. Now, the Titans are playing Houston. I don't expect the Titans to lose that game, but that's why they put the Chief game on Saturday is because now the Chiefs go in a day before the Titans have to play, and they have to win this game to make the Titans win. So the Chiefs are going to play their asses off. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs play their asses off on Saturday. Hmm, interesting. Very if that game, if if the Titans play first, if that if that I think that game was originally supposed to be four o'clock on Sunday, and the Titans was going to be at one. If they kept the original schedule that was proposed, I mean, it wasn't a move. They they formally don't announce the schedule, so this is all speculation. But what I've read is the Chiefs were originally going to be four o'clock on Sunday, and the Titans were going to be one o'clock, and then so, and then when the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, thank you, Craig. You're welcome. The I you notice I haven't brought that up. <laughs> because I have, I have some very strong opinions about that, and I'm not going to get into it. The bad officiating in that game. Not that the Bengals bad. didn't deserve to win, but the, the, officiating, the officiating absolutely it, cost the Chiefs the game. It was bad. Well, I didn't get granted. Both, Pringles, of, both of us are going to be biased, which is fine. Yes, but, absolutely. But the clap, what was Fenn doing with the clapping? What What was that? He's an asshole and an idiot. I'm okay. just going to put that out there. He, 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 thinks he, can, he thinks he's influencing refs because he probably got away with that at the college level. Some college coach was like, yeah, if you clap when a ref throws a flag, they're less likely to make a call against you, and it's stuck in his head. Oh, okay. That, that, that can't excuse anything he did, and his penalties were, were definite. The Byron Pringle touchdown return that got called back on a phantom hold. They didn't call holding the entire fucking game, and you and I were screaming at each other, that's a hold, that's a hold, the entire time. <laughs> For both of our teams, the one time they call holding is when Byron Pringle scores a touchdown. That's number one. Number two, the hands to the face in the end zone on that fourth down. 
The only reason that gets called is because the player reached up and adjusted his helmet. It was not even close to hands in the face. Uh, he got his hand up there. It was picky-tack. The play before that was fourth down, and they got it called on that one, too. It, the officiating was horrendously bad. And I'm sorry, it, I, in this case, it cost the Chiefs the game. That crew did not work. To, that, that was the first time that crew worked together. That's the NFL's problem, not mine. Maybe yep. if the NFL did a better job training and officiating their refs, they wouldn't have these problems. So, so. basically, basically, everyone happened. The the Bengals won the NFC North, and Grit owes me AFC. ribs. That's what. Oh yeah, what. we're gonna have to go to a fancy dinner. Oh, which by the entire podcast crew is piled on now. Now apparently, I'm taking you all out for fucking steaks. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> all right, did you make a pick? I'm still looking because we. I don't know, man. This is just. You know why? Because everyone's everyone is is um, resting players. Why Green Bay is only up like three and a half? Yeah, it's like a minus three and a half. Green Bay is probably going to rest everybody. I think. I, I think it's. I think it's completely misdirection. I think there's no way Aaron Rodgers plays this week, which we also didn't touch on. While he's looking, I have no problem with a guy coming out and saying Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be the MVP because he's a jerk. And the reason I have no problem with it is because Aaron Rodgers immediately responded to it by being a jerk. So you, he basically went on a podcast and was like, yeah, that guy's a bum. He called me a bum. Well, he's a bum too. Really? You got you got called an asshole. And then what did you do in response? You were an asshole. You just made him right. You just proved his point. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I have no problem. I hope I hope to God I'm going to say something, words that Craig never, he would never think to come out of my life, I, out of my <laughs> mouth in my life. I hope to God Tom Brady wins the MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope to God Tom Brady wins the MVP. Yep, he's choking on his beer. <laughs> yep, he's choking over there. I can barely. I, just, I hope Cooper Cup wins it. He's not going to, but I hope he does. You know who should win it and won't is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan yeah. Taylor is taking Carson Wentz to the playoffs. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. They should. Someone should just stand up in a meeting, look at the other forty-nine voters, and went. Carson Wentz is going to the playoffs because of Jonathan Taylor. And then put his hands out like, there it is, folks. I'm done. <laughs> uh, really? Right, so me, we move me on. Look at, yeah, so me looking at everything, and I think that what I'm gravitating towards is the Seahawks-Cardinals. I'm, I think I would take the under. And I kind of like the Buccaneers giving uh, Carolina, what is it, eight points? Seven and a half points? Bucks have nothing to play for, I don't think, Bill. And it's it's an intriguing matchup. And by the way, it's the national matchup because we found out Jim Nance is yeah Jim Nance was supposed to call that game and now he can't. Oh, that's right. So, that's right. Bizarre stuff going on there too. All right, let's get to the metric because we're actually almost out of time, believe it or not. So week eighteen is going to be a shit show. My first piece of advice before I even start telling you who we've looked at for potential value is be very cautious this week. Players are going to be rested. Players who start this week are not going to play the whole game in a lot of situations. True. You've got to be aware of what's going on. To that end, the metric likes Case Keenum at quarterback. Because, I, I don't know, is Baker must not be playing this week. I don't even He's care. He's not. I don't, He's out I don't for pay the attention. Out for but the Cleveland season. and Cincy have nothing to play for, in my opinion. They so I'm looking don't. past him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look at Jared Goff. Because Jared Goff is literally playing for his job right now. They brought him to Detroit because they wanted him to make an instant impact. He's only 5,400. He needs to get to 16 points. And I think he can get to like 20. So I'm going to use Jared Goff in a lot of situations this week. What do you like at quarterback, Craig? Uh, So this week, I do kind of like Tyler Huntley. He really should be starting somewhere. He's been very impressive the last couple weeks. Solid. Because he's only 5,700. So that is super cheap. Um, Tyler Henneke, I, I never pronounce his name right. He's playing the Giants, and he's fifty four hundred. Yeah. So uh, for me, for quarterback this week, I'm going cheap. I even like yep. Davis Mills against Tennessee at fifty run fifty three hundred because I do like Brandon Cooks. So if you're gonna go, if you're if you want to go chalk, the absolute easy pick here is Justin Herbert. He's yes. seventy one hundred, and they he's have to win, right? But they have to win, and that is a that is the last game of the week. 
and it is win or in. Win and in for the Chargers in Vegas. Whoever wins that game is going to the playoffs. Oh, that's right. If someone else loses, if that game ends in a tie, they both go to the playoffs? I have no idea. I have some weird thing. Last year, so. But that's a win and in game. So I think Herbert is going to go out there and try that that game. I'm take. I, I think I talked about it already. I'm, I think it's going to be close. I don't know that Vegas is going to win it, but I'll take Vegas any over because I think it's going to be a shootout. So Herbert at 7100, he could easily have 21 points and get to to value, but he's expensive. So you got to be careful. Running back. <sighs> the the metric likes David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor. Here's my problem. I like David Montgomery. I'm not sure on Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts, if the Colts get to a lead on Jacksonville, which is likely, they're going to rest Taylor. They're, they're not going to have a bye, and they know the road into the playoffs goes through Jonathan Taylor. So this might be an interesting area where I might spend on Montgomery and Eckler. I might spend up on Eckler because we know he's going to be involved. I mean, you could go for some of the like smaller names, like Ken Gainwell is, is getting a lot of attention in Philly. Elijah Mitchell has been fantastic for San Francisco. But I think this week I got to focus on the games I think are going to matter. So I, And Montgomery doesn't matter. I get it. Chicago at Minnesota. I think I'm going to look at Montgomery and I'm going to spend up on Jonathan Taylor, because which means I'm going to have to buy cheap at quarterback. But I think that's the only way I'm going to cash this week is by going that route. What do you like at running back this week? Uh, I do like going chalk with Taylor. I just don't know if he's going to play the whole game. Definitely... I'm definitely looking at Eckler because, again, they ha- unless both teams decide to kneel, like I mentioned before, you know, Eckler's going to play the whole game. And if you're looking at cheap, now here's the thing. I don't know if Derrick Henry is coming back officially. He's practicing, but I don't know if they're going to play him. So, Well, that's why the buy is so important because if he gets on, if he, he won't play this week. Derrick Henry will not play this week. That's everything I've heard has been Derrick Henry will not play this week. But if they if they secure that first seed and they get a buy, mm-hmm. he is absolutely playing in a divisional round, one hundred percent. He'll have two weeks to practice and and test out his his stuff. He is gonna play in that 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 second round game, which scares the holy hell out of me. Which is why if if the if the Chiefs if the Chiefs can get in there and 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 get that one seed and force Tennessee to play on week on the first week of the playoffs, that puts a lot of pressure on them to win that game without Derrick Henry or they're going to be screwed. So the yeah. problem is if you use Taylor and, and Eckler, that's that's a lot of money. 000. So if you're looking at cheap, if you want to go cheap, cheap, because yeah. Mixon is not playing this week, uh, so you could start your buddy Sam J. Perrine. He's fifty three hundred. Perrine, I hate Perrine. <laughs> every time I think Perrine's going to have a big week, he's terrible. And every time I think he's going to be terrible, he's a big week. Which means you know what? Use him. I'm not going to use him. <laughs> so you know what, listeners, use him because I'm not. All right, let's move on to wideouts. Uh, wideouts, I'm just going to go middle of the road, guys, this week. Um, I like Chase Claypool. He's only 5,100. Um, I, I, Zay Jones has the potential to have a big week. And here's the thing. He's only 4,500, which is why I like him. Um, and uh, let's just look at down the list here. And you mentioned Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks isn't crazy. If, if Houston's going to beat Tennessee, it's going to be through the air. A uh, Mills Cooks a Mill would Mills plus Cooks allow us uh sixty three hundred. Uh, yeah, but it's it still, might allow it's us still middle money. and Mills is what what did I say, fifty three, fifty seven? Yeah, so that's eleven thousand there. It, you you would you would only have two thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars to finish out your lineup or less than twenty grand to finish out your lineup. It'd be very tight, but it could be doable. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely use Chase Claypool in a couple areas. I'm definitely gonna use Brandon Cooks in a couple areas. I'm also looking at Jacoby Myers because he's only 5,200, and there is a very short possibility that the Patriots can make the one seed, so they may play hard this game. And then, of course, if you just want to throw your money away, there's always Darnell Mooney at 5,900. So, <laughs> you know who's interesting? Have Ooh. you seen? Have you seen the the 15th line? Uh oh, dollars is Byron is. Pringle. Byron Pringle catches a, catches a touchdown. He gets value. That's true. $3,900. I got to think about it. So, all right, who do you like a whiteout? Uh, Like I mentioned before, I do like Brandon Cooks. He's had a very good past couple weeks. I do like Amon Ross St. Brown. He's actually, the last couple weeks, he has been the receiver that I thought they were, you know, he was going to be at the beginning of the season. 
And he is... 6,800 Yeah, 6,800. He's actually more than Brandon Cooks. Huh. But you know what? If I'm sitting here saying I think that Denver is going to have to throw the ball to win mm-hmm. again, I'm sorry, at Detroit, not Denver. If Detroit's going to have to throw the ball to win against Green Bay and I'm going to use Jared Goff, I got to use Amon St. Brown. I got to, I got to, I got to make that stack and, and use that. And then like chase Claypool and then somebody super cheap, cheap, like Byron Pringle. Yeah. Or maybe even uh, Pittman Jr. Playing Jacksonville. He's 5,900. That's going to be too expensive for what I'm thinking to do. Way too expensive. But I see, I hear you. How crazy is, Ooh, Uh-oh. how crazy is the mega stack of going with Mills, Cooks yeah. and Nico Collins? Oh, remember Nico Collins? I got him slated for only eight points, which puts him on only like two X, but still, he's, it's possible. You can load up in uh, running back if you do that, probably. Yeah, yeah, I could. Mm. Tight ends, I don't I don't want any tight ends. I'm probably going um, <laughs> to, honestly, I'm probably just going to use Cole Komet at 3,400, just be done with it. Go ahead. That's do all you, I got. Yeah, no, Cole Komet, and then I guess if you want to spend up, you can look at Higby, but for some reason... The Rams, uh, even with Stafford and Cup, the Rams have issues with San Francisco. Don't know why. It's you know it's the weird division thing, so it's something to look out for. And if then I'm going to spend up this week. It's going to be Zach Ertz. And really, if you want to go a little cheaper, you know, Mo Ali Cox is playing Jacksonville. He's only three thousand. Jesus, he has to catch a touchdown, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah. If I'm going to spend up this week, I'm going to spend up on Zach Ertz. He's 5,300. Arizona, I think, can still jockey for position here. So that would be where I would go with that. Defense. Defenses. They're all going to be (laughs) middle of the road. See how much money you have left. That's really what it is. The metric is saying, go ahead and use Miami or or, or Denver. I mean, Denver may. Denver. Listen, Denver's defense costs me money. God damn it. But they're playing at home. That's the only upside. (laughs) I think honestly, I would like to, I, I like Arizona this week at twenty seven hundred. I really do. They're playing they're, Seattle. They're, yeah, yeah. They're middle of the road. I mean, like Washington is priced up. Tennessee is priced up. Kansas I mean, City maybe is over the Vikings or Chicago, but they're twenty. That's a possibility too. That's yeah. I'm not going to spend. Let's put it this way: I am not spending more than three grand on a defense this week. And someone need to explain to me why the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense is four thousand dollars. Who are they playing? They're playing Carolina. I know Carolina's bad. There is no chance in hell I use the Tampa Bay defense. At four grand, there's oh, like no. 20 defenses better than that for the price point. If that's only $3,000, we are talking. At $4,000, not a chance in hell would I touch that. Steelers at Baltimore. Steelers are only $3,000. I take that. Lions at Green Bay. Lions are only $2,400, and Green Bay may rest its starters. You're telling me I can save $1,600 over Tampa? I probably get the same score. More than likely. You know, so believe it or not, Craig, we are out of time. Sad. It is. It's always sad when we reach this point in the day. (laughs) Craig, what is your final thought for the week? Uh, My final thought is, you know, like what uh, Britt mentioned before, definitely pay attention to what you're betting on this week because it's the last week of the season. It's extremely – it's – it's weirder than the first week because yeah. people aren't going to play. People aren't going to play full games. So definitely pay attention to who you're using and what you're betting on. It's less predictable than any other week of the season. And we say that knowing that week one is usually a shit show. Right. So uh, my final thought is just, um, you know, we, we, ta- we, we, we teased it last week. We didn't really talk about it in this episode, but we did have our Super Bowl in our home league. And it was Craig and I, and uh, Craig had a fantastic team. Um, His best player on the team was traded to him by me earlier in the year, (laughs) a Cooper Cup. Um, I got duped into a trade. Craig drugged me and got me to sign off on that paperwork. You got no fan out of it. I got Noah Fant out of it. That was was like, Cooper Cup is not going to be able to keep up this pace. It was like week three. I'm like, Cooper Cup is not keeping up this pace. I'm going to trade him high, and... Of course, obviously, it didn't work, but I did end up winning the game. I just want to use my final thought to congratulate Craig on a fantastic season. He did a, you know, fantasy-wise, this podcast had a really, really solid year. We made it to the 
conference semifinals in um, Scott Fishbowl. We did uh, really well in the ACI alumni draft. Uh, actually, we were we were one of only was a. Uh, 12 playoff teams and a 36 team league in the ACI. Mm-hmm. We did lose in the first round to, um, if you listen to the guru, you know, a guy who calls in all the time, Bobby cables. Um, he's a military guy. His team came on very late and our team started off hot and got quiet, but it was a very good fantasy year. And, uh, I just want to congratulate Craig on a well-played <clears throat> season and not Thank only our you. home league, but, um, in, in all of our leagues combined, we worked very hard together on Scott Fishbowl and on um, ACI, and I, I think we had a fantastic season-long season. So, yeah, it was it was a really good year, and you know things it's just a weird year. It's a weird year. Things just fell into place for you, and congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and yeah, actually, I made it to. I was in me personally. I was in four leagues. I made it to three championship games. One, there you go. one of them, but you know. It's good. You know, we talk. We spend a lot of our time talking DFS here, but season long is where we started, and season long we we're good. We're not bad season long players either. So, if you like the content that you're hearing here, we would love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Any podcast directory you pick this up on, there's the ability to leave a review, and we would really appreciate if you would do so. Please leave us a review. Please leave us comments if you'd like to reach out to us. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast on Facebook. We are at Fignuts DFS on Twitter. We're also reachable via email at fignutsdfs at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening and thank you so much for um, your feedback. We really do appreciate it. Please keep it coming. We also have to say hi to Deb. Hi, Deb. Didn't get a chance to say hi to Deb. I'm not going to let Craig steal that like I've let, like the last three <laughs> weeks. Um, go enjoy week 18. We'll be back to break down wild card weekend. Short slate games are the worst thing in DFS, but we will do our best to help you guys make some money. Until then, be safe out there. Have a great week. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast.